Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today, uh, and we're going to pray. I just want to tell you that it's better God's way. It's better God's way. It is better God's way. Someone say it's better. God's way. You may not know that. You may have just said it because I asked you to say it. That's cool. Thank you for participating. But it's better God's way. It is better. And, and, and you know, I talk to a lot of people, and, and I just want to pray because that's what I want to talk about today. It's just better God's way. It's better His way. God, we thank you for what you're going to do in this service. We believe that you're going to change hearts. Holy Spirit, it is your job to change hearts. Today, I, I just serve up what you sent, and I'm asking for your people to take it, to want to eat it, because it will fill all of the needs that are broken and longing in their life. God, that you fill people in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Thank you for coming today. Let me just tell you this. Um, there's a, just, as I meet with people and I talk with people, how, how many of y'all like Mexican food? Let's just be honest. Can we just, oh my God, we going out to eat after this. No, this is like, I just knew this was my, I knew this was a better service than the first service, because here's the deal, first service, there was like a few of them that were like, they were half in, half, I'm like, either you like Mexican food or you don't, and I'm not talking about like you occasionally like Mexican food, I'm talking about like if you ate it every day, every single day, chips and salsa is the go-to, come on, you know what I'm talking about, how many of y'all like, yes, yes Lord, come, how many of y'all like shopping, let's just be honest, and I'm not talking about if you have any money or don't have any money, but you like shop, like you feel like there is this emotion that comes in you when you're like you're like oh I'm for real that that happens you know you start you're like feeling a little rough a little little down a little uh and then all of a sudden I need to buy something I'm gonna go get a coffee you know uh so how many of you like nature? How many of you like going out in nature? You like hiking? Come on. I mean, some of you are like nature people, um, you know. And, and, and it's so funny when I begin to meet people and talk to them. and Just no, nobody here, but I talk to them and I'm like, hey, so you like being outside? And you're like, yeah, I mean, like nature is my church. I just feel it's so therapeutic. And when I'm out there, I just, I feel my soul healing. And, and, and I'm like, it's kind of like a zen cool thing. And I'm like, that's cool. But can I tell you that Jesus is better than shopping at Old Navy. He's better than Mexican food. And he's better than kayaking. Does that make sense? Like, like, Like what you need to understand is all of those are great things. And they all have their place. And they're all good. Does that make sense? There's nothing wrong in and of itself of those things. But those things are not equated to equipping the saints for the work of the ministry that's what the church does and I'm telling you I go to Mexican food all the time and I've never been equipped I've gone shopping and I've never been equipped I've been in nature and I've breathed heavier but I've but I've never been equipped Does that make sense? And so there's a difference between taking a moment and being equipped and you coming to church. You 
uh, connecting with Jesus, making him the center part of your life, begins to calibrate life, and it will change everything in your life. Because we believe that there is a moment that you can come, and I don't know who's that moment. Today it may be your moment. Uh, Last week it may have been your moment. But I believe there's a moment when you come face to face with the reality that I can no longer do this on my own. I can no longer do it the way I want to do it. And what I have been doing is not working for me. And I am looking for something to fill this void. And we believe that that's Jesus. But that's not the only moment. We believe that there are continual moments, and it's called the process of transformation. The process of transformation is that we believe that God begins to heal you along the journey. Along the journey. Along the journey, you become healthier. Along the journey, God begins to move some stuff. Along the journey, come on, things begin to happen in your life. Along the journey, and here's the thing, it's important for you to come, to be, and here's the deal. If... Well, I said this earlier. People come to church or life groups to be known, loved, and challenged. There should be some times that I say some stuff that, (laughs) I don't know about that. It should stir it up. If we're all like, we agree, we agree, well, we're going to be happy, but we're not going to be maturing. There are going to be times when you're like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't. And here's what I'm hoping it causes you to do. I'm hoping it causes you to go study. I'm hoping that it causes you to have a moment with the Holy Spirit. I'm hoping that it causes you to pray. But does it make sense? But we're growing and we're coaching and we're leading. Jesus said the church is set up to equip the saints, come on somebody, for the work of the ministry. Have you ever trained anybody, come on, to do work that didn't know how to do work? Have you ever employed anybody, maybe a young college student, maybe a a young high school, junior higher, and you're like, hey, I want you to work for me. I'll pay you this much. And they're like, okay. And you're like, oh, my God. Come on, anybody ever had a babysitter that you paid them to come watch your children, but they they thought you were paying them to come watch TV. <laughs> it's funny how it wasn't my expectation. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, no, we're actually doing something. And so what we're learning how to do is we're learning how to build God's kingdom rather than our own kingdom. And we're learning how to be fulfilled in doing something that ultimately we don't control. And I'm telling you, if we understand that, life becomes better in our own life. I want to read something to you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 through 6. This is the story. Um, John the Baptist uh, is a family member of Jesus. And he has been put in jail. And we're going to start from this place right here. 11, chapter 2. Matthew 11, chapter 2. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word to his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Jesus answered and said, Go tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, leopards are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. The poor have the good news preached to them. 
Blessed is the one who is not offended, who is not offended, I'm going to say it one more time, who's not offended by me. Blessed is the one, listen, who is not offended by me. I think that in this text is, this text is very complex because you see two parts of the Christian faith. You see the shallow end and you see the deep end. And I think that a lot of times as we grow in our faith, we, we think that God and what he's doing in our life should all look a certain way. But here's the, the, the crazy thing is you have two people in need, two groups of people in need. Jesus is ministering to one. John is in jail. He's incarcerated. The, he, he, he's, un, he's not able to control his environment. The, the cold steel chains are on his wrist. They have relegated him to a certain position. He is alone. It's damp. It's wet. It's a, it's a, it's a cell. And, and he is there. And he's alone. Jesus is in the midst of the lost. He's in the midst of people, and people are getting healed and touched and changed. And the, 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 I mean, the, the rally, come on, is, is huge. People are hype, you know, we're jumping, we're excited, God's doing something. And, and, and here in this one text, we see the complexity of the Christian life, and I want to talk about it for a second. Because if we don't understand this about the Christian life, we will think that some people have it better than we have it. Some people God is blessing and other people's God is not. And some people are winning and some people are not. And God cares about those people more than he cares about me. Come on, does that make sense? And so I want to walk through this thought. Here's the shallow end. The presence of Jesus is enough to produce something meaningful in every life. And I don't care who comes. I don't care when they come, how they come. I don't care what's going on in their past. I don't care what sin they're dealing with. I don't care where they're at in their life. They can come. And I love it that Jesus does not say, you have to fix your stuff before you come. He jumps right in the middle of issues and problems. And these were the problems of the day. You understand what I'm saying? These were things that people could not fix. And so when Jesus begins to list these problems, and, or the Bible lists these problems, it it is important that we get that list because these were the lists that the doctors could not cure. Now we have grown with science and health and medicine and now there are some things that we can do to fix or relegate some of this. And so, But there are always major issues in our culture that cannot be fixed by government. Come on, help me. They cannot be fixed by a system. They cannot be fixed by education. It's so funny. Man, we, it's like we just need a moment here. You are not going to fix hate by outlawing a law. Hate is an emotion, and you don't even know you feel it till you felt it. Well, you don't believe me? Get married. You love this person. They're the greatest person in the world. You think it's awesome. I'm going to be with you forever. And then all of a sudden, it gets real over syrup. Over syrup. We don't have no syrup, and we're going to make pancakes. And I'm, what's going on in here? It's just, and if someone says something snippy or something, well, if you want syrup, go get something. <laughs> what do you want to do? And, and all of a sudden, we, we started out, how you doing? We lo I love you. I love you. How you doing? And then we went to syrup, and all of a sudden, 
and you're at least smart enough not to ever say it. Come on, don't ever say it. <laughs> you, it comes and it goes, but don't ever say it. And so, and so here, it's just rising up. It's a volcano of hatred. And you're just like, why don't you love me? <laughs> you cannot outlaw that. Policemen are going to have to be at your house. Oh, that's hatred. Going to jail. You cannot pass a law. You have to revive hearts. You have to change hearts. You have to teach the value of people. You even It doesn't matter if they look like you, if they act like you, if they think like you. The fact is everybody has a value and God has something in them. Does that make sense? That is a reviving of the heart. That's not something that can be, does that make sense? That's not a law that can be passed. And so I appreciate what people are trying to do because they're wanting to see change happen. But the truth of the matter is revival does that. The presence of Jesus does that. And how do you know it does that? Because when, when Jesus accepts us at our wicked state, addicted, broken, come on, then it is very hard to judge somebody else for their state if we have been redeemed in our state. Come on, does that make sense? And so we have to understand that. And so the church should not be the place where people feel the most judged. That does not say that we don't have a standard. It is not our standard. It is his standard. Does that make sense? But we all understand as people we can't keep that standard without the Holy Spirit working in our life. And without constantly coming to the Lord for correction, does that make sense? Yeah. And so why would we judge what we need constant help with? Yeah. Right. We, we need constant help. Come on, anybody ever stub your toe and, I mean, praise Jesus didn't come out. <laughs> it was something else. You know what I'm saying? Anybody ever cut you off? Come on, at 5 o'clock traffic over here in NWA on Walton. And you're like, if you, and that car knows there is no room. There is no room for you to merge. And you go merge. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. I'm. Take me now. Take me now. I'm about to peel off the house sticker. I'm for real. I'm going to put the hell sticker on. I'm, ta I'm taking you there. Listen. Listen. For those of you who don't know, we have little house stickers. <laughs> How many of y'all, be honest, y'all were going to do something, but you knew you had the sticker on, so you were like, <laughs> praying for you. <laughs> I'm glad we're all the same. Listen, Jesus does not prejudge you. He wants you to come. Just as you are. And he is not intimidated by your brokenness. He is not intimidated by the lack in your life. He is not intimidated, listen to what I'm saying, by the things that other people don't want to touch. I love this list. Look at this list. Blindness, lameness, leprosy, death, death, deafness, death, economic uh, separation and poverty. Here's what I want you to know. In all the things that seem dark and dirty and we want to walk away from, Jesus walks into. Leprosy was something you didn't want to touch. In fact, in the, in, in, in the old time that this was written, they would put you outside the city. Jesus says, I'll touch what other people don't. I'll open what's been closed. I'll heal what's been broken. 
I'll speak to you in ways that you didn't know I could. If you will give me the chance to change your life, I can make it better. Jesus tells John, go tell John, his disciples. He went and Jesus was talking to John's disciples. And he says to John's disciples, go and tell John what you see and what you hear. Now here's the deal, John 20, verse 30 and 31. I want you to look at this real quick. Jesus said, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. This is Bible. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you will have his same life. Why do we do signs? Why do we pray? Listen, listen, can I just tell you, the signs are not over and they're not done. If Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, but the, the issue is that in our Western culture, logic is king. And so if it doesn't make sense logically, how can we believe it? But the truth of the matter is, we don't really think that. All of us have been in a relationship that we were hoping made it even though it was hard. See, we believed what we did not see, hoping that something great would come to pass. God has not changed from the beginning. His DNA was, I'm going to take care of you. From the ending, his DNA was, I'm going to take care of you. But the reality is God is not into entitlement. He's into sonship. Entitlement means I will take care of you and you need to do nothing. Sonship means you can have anything that's in this house, but you need to lock the doors, mow the lawn, and turn off the lights, baby. Does that make sense? There's some ownership in here. God so loves that he gave. That's like me coming up to uh, Jesse and saying, hey, I like you, so I'm going to give you a boat. I'm going to give you a boat. I'm going to give you a big bass boat. Would you love me more if I gave you a boat? I'm going to give you a bass boat. I give him a big bass boat. And he's like, oh, thank you for the free gift. Now you're going to have to put gas in it. You're going to have to oil it. You're going to have to winterize it. All, you're going to have to put it in and out. You know Does that make sense? Yeah. That is our salvation. It's a free gift that you can't earn. But you do have to, come on, do a little maintenance. You've got to do a little work. got to keep your heart right. got to carry your cross daily. That's what the Bible says. This is all part of faith. Let's talk about the deeper end. Here is John rotting in his, present, in his prison. And the disciples go up to Jesus. And it's interesting that they didn't start a jailbreak ministry. Hey, um... Hey, Jesus, we're John's disciples, and uh, we, we didn't know if you knew, but John is in prison. <laughs> Jesus didn't get all the disciples and all the people, all right, all right, everybody, all right, y'all, come on, y'all, rally up, rally up, rally up. Who's got the crowbar? <laughs> we're going to go free one of ours, y'all. We're going to free one of ours. Let's go. Rally up, rally up. You know what I'm saying? Jesus said, go tell John what you see and go tell John what you hear. You, if you were thinking just practically, you would think, okay, hold up. You got people running who couldn't run. You got people skin right that didn't have skin, uh, you know, just some crazy skin issues. You got people seeing, and once you come over here and do a little do, and then, I'm like, oh, poof, John's out. I mean, See, but here's the thing about maturity. As you mature in your faith, 
you begin to come to God and grow in God and your roots become down and God is here's what I want to give you here's what I want to give you here's what I want to give you I want to unlock the Holy Spirit I want to unlock some gifts of the Holy Spirit I want you to move in some things there's some gifts I want I got things come on you remember when you were young and someone give you some money you were like what anybody ever had an experience at church where someone gave you a little money come on come on anybody ever had that happen some of y'all like where, where's that happen at you know that? <laughs> i want to join that life group okay <laughs> come on when that happens you're like oh man god's so good he loves me he loves me can i tell you while it's awesome to receive the 20 dollar, it's a whole lot better to give it See, here's what happens is when we begin to move and mature in Christ, even Paul said this, you guys are still on milk, but you need to be eating the meatier stuff, meaning that, that we come in the shallow end and we need to know all that our Father God provides. But as we begin to grow, come on, help me somebody, then what happens is we move from what do you want to give me to listen how do you want to use me and 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 it begins to change the society's thoughts of me first me first me first our society is me first three years ago the number one word uh, trending in social media was selfie the reality is we are in a self-absorbed me first world and if anybody disagrees with us they hate us And the truth of the matter is, as we mature, we realize that God has been building something and our life is about the kingdom and it's about where the kingdom's going and we get to play a part in the thing that can change the world. We get to play a piece of the thing that gets to change the world. Jesus said, go tell John what you see and what you hear. Why did he say that? Because John's assignment was met. See, if you know the backstory of John, John's mom and dad could not get pregnant. And so John's dad was a priest. And one day as he's going and, and, he, and he's making atonement for all the people, an angel comes up and says, you will have a son. Now they were in their old age. I mean old. And so the angel comes and says, hey John, you and your wife, y'all are going to have a baby. And John's like, say what? I mean, we're still hot, but I think that part of it is kind of shut down. We kind of shut down that. We ain't looking to have no kids right now. And, and the angel said, hey, because you didn't believe us, uh, you didn't believe me, you're not going to speak until John is born. So he comes out of the presence of God. You know what I'm saying? Charades. He, he was coming out. They're like, what happened to you? couldn't talk John comes and the angel says that you're going to call him John and he's going to set the pace for Jesus so here's what you need to see all the people are huddled up around Jesus and Jesus is touching people and miracles are happening and God's doing and th something great's happening who set all that up John was at the river 
The kingdom of heaven is coming. Y'all don't know. Y'all better get your heart right. You better build up that expectancy. Man, let me tell you something. He's coming. And when he comes, it's going it's to be fire. It's going to be great. Let me tell you. And, he's, and all of a sudden, he's by the Jordan River baptizing, baptizing, baptizing. And people are coming against him. And what are you talking about? We don't need to be baptized. We're God's chosen people. What are you doing? And then he entered. John's voice leaves. Jesus' voice is enter. And because their faith has been stirred, Jesus is able to go. And all of a sudden, everybody's like. A mature believer does not only think about what is going on with them. They hold the ladder as other people climb up. The deeper end is that, yes, we have been bruised and, and beat up and there are moments of hardness and this, there have been moments where it's been difficult. But the truth of the matter is, as we mature, listen, there's some people in this room, you've been through, through something. Life hadn't always been easy. You had to overcome something to come to church today. You had to overcome past, you had to overcome re religiosity, you had to overcome offense, you had to overcome, but you're sitting in this room today, you may have been asked, but you still had a choice. And here's what I'm telling you, is that God wants to leverage that experience, that brokenness, I don't care if it's a divorce, I don't care if it's a hurt. I had a lady come up after first service, tears in her eyes, and she said, Hey, I just want to thank you for what you said because me and my husband started a church about 10 years ago and, you know, it, our marriage didn't work out. There was some infidelity and we had to shut the church down and this is the first service I've been to in a long time. And you know what? I'm walking out thinking God still has a plan for my life. See, the truth of the matter is the enemy tries to beat us up and beat us down and disqualify us. Does that make sense? John was not in there. Well, why are you not doing it for me? I did all that stuff for you. I was the forerunner. I ran, and it was hard running. You hear what I'm saying? And what happens is we begin to see other people blessed, other people winning, and then we're like, well, why isn't God doing it for me? Here's what I'm telling you is that when you become mature and moving into the deeper end, their win is your win. Their excitement is your excitement. I want you to win. This, this makes sense. I still have faith that we're going to get, me and my wife are going to get pregnant, but I can be excited that I'm not pregnant yet because here's the deal. We're advancing the gospel. Yeah, Come on, does that make sense? I don't feel marginalized because I'm not getting what you're getting. I'm happy that you're getting what you're getting because the church is advancing. It's not about my life. It's about the kingdom. Does that make, it's about what, what difference we make in northwest Arkansas. And so, does it make sense? So when someone drives up in a new car, oh, I see God's been good to you. Someone moves into a new house. Someone gets a new job. We're not the church that is so tacky that, come on, it's, I had to teach my kids a long time ago. Just because it is one child's birthday, everybody don't get a gift in this house. 
it is their birthday and we're going to do something for them and they're going to be the star and they're going to get to pick where they want to eat and they're going <laughs> to and I had to get my kids to like it you know what I'm saying because at first they were like well why it's not fair Tell that's not fair they were born on this day <laughs> all right talk about this Well, I see that they're winning, and the Syracuse are this, and this is, and Nathan, and, and everybody's and what's happening with me? Come on, the kingdom is advancing. God's moving. And come on, when they win, they're going to touch someone else, and they get a new job. They're gonna, I hope your business goes. I hope you franchise seven times. Oh, the kingdom, the kingdom. Instead of, I don't like any of this. Just really mad that all of y'all are winning while I'm stuck in jail. You hear what I'm saying? John was hearing that transformation was happening. And here is what I'm saying. If you'll stay here long enough, you will see and you will hear what God is doing in this place. We have had people walk in that, did not, that, that just came because they saw a sign. I literally, the first year we were open, had someone walk in and think it was a furniture store. <laughs> they said, y'all sell furniture here? Yes, we do. Come on in and have a seat, brother. <laughs> then people don't come because they were invited. Come because it's Mother's Day. Come because someone made me. You're not going to pay my phone bill unless I come. I don't care how you hear but I'm telling you that God wants to be right in the middle of your life. And he can, his presence can touch and change your life. He can change the rebellious heart. He can change. He can do. And we are excited for every person. Come on, when a hand goes up, whoa, what's up? You know, when someone comes to the altar and receives prayer, what is this part I'm talking about? You know, we're excited because the kingdom of God, listen, is advancing. And so here are the takeaways for today. Ben, y'all can go ahead and come up. Here are the takeaways for today. The first is this. There will be days when you experience great works of God. There will be days when you will experience great works of God. We were able to live. I was, my mom had a very hard life. Uh, she had some bipolar tendencies. It was very... It was very hard. And um, a lot of it was her background. But at the end of her life, we were able to see her soften um, because of medication. She had, she, before that, she had pushed everybody who cared out of her life. Is this true? Everybody. Every relationship was strained and hard. But we begin to pray, pray, pray. And here's the deal. When she passed, all of her immediate family was back. We were laughing. That was a long road. It was a lot of forgiveness. But we were all sitting around the table laughing, talking. I am telling you that we believe in a moment something supernatural can happen in your life. 
But if you will do this for a year, if you'll do this for two years, you will see this transformation happen and you will be able to hear, come on, and see that God is good. Come on, does anybody testify to that? Come on, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. Listen, when we started out, I I, I remember uh, I lived in Waco and I had a scholarship to go to a college and I told my dad, my dad called me as soon as I graduated and he said, what are you going to do next? I said, I have a scholarship. He said, that's great. That's great. Let's, let's plan a meeting. Let's talk about what you're going to do. I said, I'm going to turn that down. I'm going to go to Christian college. He said, words that I can't repeat here. <laughs> and he was like, you're going to do, that's stupid. Why would you, do, don't, wh- that's dumb. And I told him, I, I, Dad, I, I believe I'm supposed to go to this Christian college. I don't know why. Well, where is it? And he started internet and go figure it out. But that's not a good place to go. I mean, just all. And I just said, Dad, I, I'm supposed to go there. Ah. You Christians. He was very frustrated. Now, every time that we're together, he cries. He looks at our kids. He looks at our family. He looks at the choice. He looks at what, what God has done, not what Stephen and Katie have done. You understand what I'm saying? What God has done, what the Holy Spirit has done, those moments of breaking at the altar and crying and going, God, help me, I suck. You know what I'm saying? And, and all of that change and transformation. Come on, can we be honest here? All of those moments where I laid it back down and I laid it back down and I laid it back down. And there's now, every time he sees us, wow, Stephen, Y'all, I don't, I don't know what to call it. And I was like, that is God. And I'm believing for his salvation. even. But I'm telling you this. You are not wasting your time coming to church. You are not wasting your time serving God. Come on, help me. You are not wasting your time. You are not wasting your time. You are not wasting your time believing for that miracle, believing for that family member. You are not wasting your time. People, look at our kids. Our kids are not perfect. I preach about them often. But the truth of the matter is, people look at our kids and they're like, you got lucky. And I'm like, ain't nothing about this was luck. I've listened to VeggieTales more times than I want to tell somebody. I'm in my car and things are going off in my head. You know what I'm saying? Two brushes and combs and none of this was luck. God makes a difference in your life. Second takeaway is this. There are days that we catch what God is doing by hearing and seeing the great works happening in other people. In other people. Come on. 